Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network. We're joined today by UTSA cornerback Tariq Woolen. We're lucky to have you on the show today, Tariq. And I got to ask you this. Have you had a second to reflect on what the last three years have been for you? You, you switch over from, from wide receiver to corner at the end of 2019. You become a two-year starter for the Roadrunners. You're part of the first ever UTSA uh, team and program history that won the conference. You become a standout at the Senior Bowl you go to the NFL scouting combine, you run one of the fastest 40-yard dashes in the history of the event. And so when you think back on all of that, what comes to mind for you? Sure. Uh, there's a lot of hard work, really. If you would have asked me a couple years ago about playing in the NFL, I would have had, you know, I would have think it was a dream, you know. But, like, uh, just as time passed by, I just kept faith, kept faith in my work and my coaches and the people around me. And uh, it's slowly been paying off, and all the hard work is coming to life. But it's, it's still a lot more to be done. But it's just a, a great feeling to know that it's, it's all coming to life. You know, something that you dream of, and now you're actually being there, and it's happening. Like senior bowl in the combine, so it's all a blessing. It's a lot of fun. Tariq, we had a chance to at least introduce ourselves to you in Indianapolis, and that that week was obviously a very busy one for you. But getting a chance to just shake your hand in person. We were at the Senior Bowl, but we didn't get an appreciation for just how tall and long you are for a corner. And that's such a popular thing in the league these days. So was kind of hoping you could talk us through through this transition from being a receiver to being a corner now. Mm-hmm. What what your experiences are as such a long athlete playing on the outside and the advantages that it gives you and maybe the way you have to play the game a little differently that's tailored to your body specifically. Well, um, you know, just as me being a longer guy, I just try to uh, just make sure every step I make is the right move. You know, I got uh, guys I go against and they may be like four inches shorter than me or a couple inches shorter than me. And I got to make sure I have great feet, me being a long guy and a uh, tall stature. So just that and staying low because a lot of cornerbacks, they already at like a, a pretty good height to where they so low that they can move pretty well. So I got to make sure at my height, I got to be comfortable in my own chair. You know, I call it my chair because, you know, whenever you plan in your stance and your press stance and stuff like that, you sit at a certain level. So I just make sure my chair is comfortable enough for me. I know people may be like, oh, he's kind of high and stuff whenever he's doing his work and stuff. It's just because, you know, I'm a taller guy. So I just feel like when I, when I move comfortable, when you move comfortable, you better move fast. So, i just been trying to make sure I'll be comfortable in the way I play and in my craft. That way I can play a lot faster. So, Tariq, I want to bake a couple of things into this question. And the first one is I'm interested in how that conversation gets started that you're going to make a transition from wide receiver to corner. What what goes into that type of conversation? And was it an easy decision for you to make to, uh, to commit to that transition? Honestly, it came like 2019 – Coach Frank Wilson was my head coach at the time, and I wasn't really receiving too much playing time at wide receiver. And he was just saying, um, we can really use you. You're an athlete. We can really use you on the team. And uh, how would you like to play cornerback? 
And I was like, nah, I ain't never played cornerback in my life. Uh, been, I played offense my whole life, played quarterback, receiver, just throughout my whole career, really. So when he was asking me that, I was like, nah, nah. So uh, he was like, it'll help the team. And he said it helped the team. I was like, mm, still, still a receiver, but I'll try it out. And sure enough, that practice the next day, it will make me go to the cornerback drills. I'll try to run back to receiver drills just so I can sneak in. And he'll be like, no, go to cornerbacks. I'll try to go to receiver drills, like, no, go to cornerbacks. And then it just seemed like at first I was thinking, oh, he just picking on me and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I just did what my coach told me to do and play my role. And I just embraced it. And then after that season happened, COVID happened, and then the new coaches came. And they were just asking, you know, would you like to play quarter, not quarterback, receiver or a corner? And I just just kept playing corner because uh, within the span of them getting there and throughout COVID, I, I was training as a cornerback, you know. So I just went ahead and bought into it. And then when they came, they just helped craft me up some more. Joe, let me let me jump in here real quick, because Tariq, I'd love to hear, like, as you reflect on that and, and kind of that initial resistance, but understanding, you know, this is this is for the benefit of the team. Was there a moment where like it all kind of clicked and you were like, yeah, I can see this or like, wh- how did that switch flip for you for that buy-in to really become what, how you spent your time during the initial wave of COVID? Well, um, so uh, a guy that was a FedEx driver, his name Tyler Pierce, he reached out to me and uh, I was like, I never had a trainer before and me and him connected and he didn't charge me anything. He just wanted to see me make it and, just wanted to see me, you know, put in work so that way whenever uh, COVID ended and we got to meet with our coaches that it'll go pretty smooth. So um, really, uh, I bought into it kind of early, like before the coaches even got the new coaches got there. But it really didn't sit in like, oh, yeah, I can really do this. It's after my first year of cornerback, like my first full season. And then it started to sit in like, obviously, you know, hone in on my craft and listen to my coaches even more, take more notes and stuff like that, then, you know, it can really pay off. So uh, after that first season and then this season hit, was ha- I had a pretty good season and to um, living what, what I was speaking in existence two years ago. So it's pretty fun. So you are firmly entrenched as a corner. That, that's, that's what you are. That's what the NFL is looking at you as. And so as you've made this transition, I'm curious, what's your favorite part about playing defense? And then on the other side of that, what have you found to be the most challenging with that transition? Uh, honestly, I can say, dang, it's a lot of stuff I like about defense now that I play. But, uh, you know, I think like it's more opportunities to make plays. You know how offense, it's only one ball. So throw it to the receiver or hand it off or something rather than as a DB or any defensive player, you can catch interceptions, tackles, PBUs, force fumbles, fumble covers, stuff like that. So, uh, honestly, just being able to make a play on the ball, no matter if it's intercession or pass breakup, I feel like that's just a key component of being a cornerback, you know. So uh, just, you know, making a play on the ball, getting PBUs and interceptions, I feel like that's like the greatest thing. That's like the greatest feeling and enjoy that I get out of playing corner, you know. But I feel like some of the stuff that, I may, that may challenge me, uh, not really too much, but I can say, you know, just working on getting in and out of my breaks. I get out on pretty good, but I want to be 6'4", moving like I'm 5'9", and 5'10". So uh, I feel like that's something that I work on a lot. But, you know, it gives me challenges sometimes. But more than the other times, I'm getting used to, you know, my brace and stuff. So 
that's one thing that's pretty challenging. Farika, I wanted to ask you about being somebody who having the physical skills that you do and having the opportunity to match up on the outside of one-on-one against wide receivers and kind of how, when you're in that coverage in that moment and you're targeted down the field and you kind of have that moment of you see their eyes come back and you see the eyes get big and you know, the ball is coming. Do you feel Mm -hmm. like your experience as receiver benefits you in that moment for that opportunity to kind of either get those eyes back and find the ball or to not panic and understand, okay, here's how he's going to play it. I can kind of read his posture because that's how I've played it in the past and help you play through the hands of receivers and help, uh, help you break up passes. Yeah. I feel like it plays a big part, you know, uh, just being a receiver, you know, uh, I, it'll be times at practice where I'll go against a cornerback and they'll tell me like, oh, so this is how I knew the ball was coming. Or they'll be like, oh, I knew you are going to take this certain stuff just by the way you release and stuff like that. So learning from them and then applying it to when I actually play cornerback and also being a former receiver, I implement all of what I learned and put it together. So uh, I really don't panic a lot. Yeah, I play the ball pretty well. So um the, the way my coach was teaching me, he said it's better to pay, play through the hands than turn around and, you know, look back for the ball sometimes just because, as you see, you know, people in the NFL or in college that look back for the ball and receivers are throwing by or they lose the ball and then the receiver make a better play rather than you playing the hands because that's where the ball is going to go anyway. So uh, I just feel like just a mixture of what my coaches taught me and also learning from when I play receiver, it all comes together when it comes to playing the ball and making the play on the ball. Joe, can I can I grab a follow-up off of that? Sure. Because so much of the game now is predicated against man coverage on those back shoulder throws on the outside, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, that makes so much sense to know that back shoulder throws win because your eyes, you're in transition, right? Yeah. So if you're playing hands and then with your wingspan and your length, I have to imagine that gives you a great sense of confidence mm-hmm. that if I'm in that pocket and they want to go ahead and try the back shoulder, go ahead, you're not going to squeeze it in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's been uh, plenty of teams that have played that try to throw a back shoulder because it seems a lot easier than trying to throw a deep ball over me because I'm taller. So they try to throw the back shoulder in there. And then what I learned is when a receiver opened up their shoulders towards you, that's how you know the back shoulder is coming. Because usually when it's a deep ball, they want to, you know, run run for the catch and run under the ball to keep the shoulder straight ahead and square. So most receivers, they'll open up kind of early and, be, and just try to be early throwing you by. Or, you know, they just give it up like that. So. That, that's a bit like a big factor that gave away back shoulders when I played against other people and it helped me play it a lot more. Tariq at the combine, you talked about the importance of being a great teammate on and off the field and that you want to make everyone around you better. And so I'm curious, what are some things that you have done and that you prioritize uh, that allows that aspect of, of who you are as a player to come through? Well, you know, here at UTSA, I just try to uh, make my guys comfortable around me. You know, like football goes beyond just the playing field, you know. You can honestly just be in a locker room and make a presence in a locker room. And as long as you, you know, talking to your teammates, communicating with them, checking on them, making sure they feel good, it can show in doing on the field too just because they know they got a person that's going to have their back, when you know, when it's time to walk off the field. So, I just will always try to, you know, off the field, hang it with my guys as much as possible. 
just find something that we both have in common and talk about it or just ask them about their day and stuff like that because you never know what a player goes through. You know, it's a lot of mental health that goes on in football. So I always just – I'm not really like a super vocal player that like to get all the team riled up, but I'm a guy that I always going to have my teammates back and I always make sure my teammates are comfortable. So – and then uh, on like on the field, I always communicate with them. You know, if they, something happened on this play, I'm like, okay, this next play or if they – want advice about, oh, how this receiver's playing or how did this play look against a certain coverage? I always just try to talk them through it or, you know, even ask them if I need some help too because, you know, in the perfect world, you may not need it, but it's in the perfect world. So you always got to have somebody to be there to help you whenever stuff get rocky. So, you know, it's a big trust uh, factor. And then I just make sure my guys trust me and they, and I can trust them. And it reflected throughout the, this season that we just had and, the win columns start to get bigger. Losing then the lose columns is a lot smaller. So, <laughs> so if I'm a if I'm a teammate of Tariq Woolen and I'm trying to take the same mentality that he has, and I want to find something in common that I have with you off the field, what are mm. some of your favorite ways to invest your time away from the game of football? Sure, if it's if it's away from football, I just stay out the way. That's the best thing to do: stay out the way. Because if you ain't in nobody's way, then you got to worry about no, you know, com- conflicts or, you know, anything that's happening, you just stay out the way, really. So that's how I try to keep it. And uh, if anything, I'll just be around my teammates, like I said, because football is a big unity thing. So as much as you can be around a guy and make sure that y'all getting closer, then it, it plays a big factor. So I just tell my people to stay out the way. And if not, we can get some work in or play the game or something. But that's just a, a big component of me, you know, uh, away from football. I just like to have my own downtime. So that's how I like to keep it. As you reflect on this draft process for you, you've checked a lot of boxes. You've had an opportunity to get out in front of all 32 teams on more than one occasion because you did the NFL combine, but you also did the senior bowl. As you reflect on what you've been through, through this point in the process, is there any one thing that you feel like you were able to leave at one event or the other, the senior bowl or the combine that you were glad you had the chance to be there in that moment and make that impression on those teams? Oh yeah. Uh, just from the combine at first, uh, it's just, uh, just my peers that I've been around these last couple of years at, at UTSA and a couple of people that's close to me, they knew that, you know, kind of, I test well and I'm just a great football player, pretty good when it's growing. So uh, just being able to finally showcase it to the world, though, is, is, is pretty cool just because uh, you see, like, your hard work is actually on, on a platform that for the whole world to see. And uh, just growing up and watching the combine, I was wishing that could be me. So I finally got the chance to make it happen. I ended up making history. So um, that's something I could take away and have for, you know, my whole lifetime. Because just being in the history books, no matter if it's the next year, somebody else gets it, just being there and having your name there, it just feels uh, pretty good. And from the senior bowl, it was just also just being around a lot of new guys and being able to, you know, find connections throughout each guy that's on your team and stuff like that because you're only there for a week and you got to come together so that way the communication and stuff on the field can be well. So uh, one thing I took away is just building new friendships. I made friendships with guys and 
that who I can talk to and hit them up and be like, hey, you want to play Call of Duty or something? Or, you know, just talk about football. And it, it wasn't even necessarily on the same team. I met guys from the other team, and they were cool guys, and we just became pretty cool. So just those are the two things that I had took away from those two experiences, and it'll last a lifetime. So, Tariq, before you hopped on, I was, I was talking with Ray and uh, I realized I wasn't repping my brand here. Uh, so I had to go get my my TDN apparel to wear. So we got a chance to talk to you and I couldn't help but notice it looks like you got a little bit of a brand you're repping on your own there. So what, what's going on with that? Why don't you fill us in? So, uh, you know, I, I decided to come out with my own merch and me and Ray been working together on some cool logos and stuff like that. So this is the logo we came up with, you know, the T with the flash and it just fit perfect because, you know, my name does start with T, you know, Tariq. And then just the flash, it just resembles, you know, the speed and, you know, just a person that goes out there and just shows that he's, uh, you know, electrifying, like electrifying player. And, you know, like, a, you know, somebody that likes to go out there and strike on my film, show that I strike people and stuff like that. So lightning bolt, it strikes people, you know, it's quick and it's fast. So it's just I wanted something to resemble, you know, some characteristics of me. And this is what we came up with. And we're going to have a lot of cool colorways. And right now I'm sporting the black one, but we're going to have a lot of colorways. And I'll make sure I get you guys a couple of hoodies and shirts. That way you can rock them too and get the word out. Tariq, I'm going to tell you right now, whatever you hook us up with, when your name gets called, it's coming out on the draft show. And we're throwing it on. <laughs> so we're going to rep the brand for you. That's awesome, man. Great work. Yeah, so, so listen, I want everybody on here to have a shirt on. Just go ahead and <laughs> support the brand. Tariq, we, we really appreciate your time. We want to wish you the absolute best of luck the rest of this process for you. And we look forward to see where you're going to call home in the NFL. Thanks so much for taking the oh, time yes, and sir. talking with us. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, man. Y'all have a great day. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.